0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. And, Gregor, this is the great hot stove season that just wouldn't get going eventually, A whole lot of stuff is going to happen between here and opening day. The question is, when will that happen? It seems like there's two big things holding up everything. One is Giancarlo Stanton because there's some teams that obviously want to trade for him. And until he moves or it's decided that he's not moving, uh, a lot of the other outfielders and and stuff on that side of the ball are kind of held, well, held in limbo. The other thing is, of course, Shohei Otani. And he, the window is supposed to be expected to open on Friday where he'll have three weeks, basically, to figure out where he wants to go as he comes over from Japan. Now, every team pretty much involved and wants to be a part of this race. Some teams are more likely candidates than others. I think when you talk about the Blue Jays, obviously he'd be a great fit for this team, both fitting into the staff and as far as fitting into either the DH spot or an outfield spot on certain days or whatever. Um, But I think you'd have to consider them an underdog. But what do the Blue Jays have going in their favor?
1: Yeah, they're definitely an underdog, but I think what they're going to try and sell Otani on the most is the flexibility that they can offer him, and really the flexibility as a player um, in Toronto is exactly the type of situation that Otani's looking for. I mean, he's a guy who who wants to start. Uh, He wants to play uh, some outfield, and and he wants to uh, receive a lot of at-bats, and the Blue Jays can offer him all of those things. They they still need a a fifth starter. Uh, They still need uh, a corner outfielder, and they have the DH spot. Uh, in the American League where they can give him some occasional at-bats there. So in terms of playing time and everything he's looking for on the field, uh, Toronto's a perfect fit. The problem is there's a few other teams who can offer him something similar, and so the Blue Jays are going to have to go a step beyond that, obviously, to, to try and come out for that underdog title. and. Uh, gain some attention for themselves, and I think one of the things that they'll also focus on is the implementation of the high-performance department that they've uh, instituted here in Toronto over the last couple of years. The Jays have been known to be a bit of ahead of the curve in the way uh, some of their sports science uh, thinks about things. Um, Marcus Stroman and other players have had a lot of success under that, and I think they'll try and sell Otani on that side of things as well. But uh, you know, this is this, as you touched on, this decision is going to come down to a, a lot more than money. This is one of those rare situations where it's going to come down to the best fit, both in terms of the city, spring training facility, culture, everything. Uh, to go into that. And the Jays have a strong case to make, but it's still going to be obviously tough to compete against some of the the bigger markets that that tend to get a lot of the attention uh, from some of the foreign players and like a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees. And, uh, you know, those, those big markets will be tough to compete with.
0: It's certainly a fascinating situation because generally when a player of this caliber comes over from Japan in the past, it's really been just those big market teams and and the Blue Jays are to a degree a big market team, but those teams that can really, unload uh the bank vault basically Uh, i think tanaka signed for 155 million all the way back to uh daisuke and and Ichiro and Guy's got lots of money, but that's not the case here. It just can't happen with the new collective bargaining agreement, so everybody's in play. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It could be wrapped up by the end of the weekend, or we could be talking about this for weeks and into the winter meetings, and even, uh, I guess, right after the winter meetings would be when the window officially closed. So good stuff, and eventually the ball's going to get rolling on that front and the rest of the offseason. Now, there are certain things that – Come along at specific times. The Rule 5 draft will be coming up during the winter meetings here in a couple of weeks. Um, Before that, teams have the opportunity to non-tender players and get them out of the books. They also have to put players on their 40-man roster to protect them from that Rule 5 draft. So some interesting stuff there from the Blue Jays' perspective. Let's start with the non-tender candidates. Friday is the deadline. uh, Who's most likely that the Blue Jays could cut ties with?
1: Yeah, I think the guy on the fringe here is is, is definitely Tom Kohler. and uh, He's a guy who came over from the Marlins last year after a disappointing uh, run as their starter, but he, he had four years of, of pretty solid starting experience before that, and so the Blue Jays decided to take a chance, and they really wanted to audition him uh, in the bullpen, we saw that plenty of times down the stretch. The Blue Jays really went out of their way to see how he responded in back-to-back outings and in a bit shorter stints. And So it's clear that the, the Jays are open to the possibility of, of, of bringing him back in some capacity. You wouldn't take that long of a look at a player and not consider that. Um, but at the same time, this is a guy who made $5.6 million last year. Through arbitration, you're almost always guaranteed a, a raise, so even though you had a down year, you got to conservatively think that that's going to be around $6 million, and, and that's probably too rich for the Blue Jays and what they're looking for from a, a fifth starter, uh, long reliever type that would come in and compete for a job in the rotation. If they're going to spend money on a starter, I think it's going to be someone who comes in with more of a guaranteed job, and that wouldn't necessarily be Kohler here. So I'd expect them to, to go ahead with the non-tender. I think guys uh, like Ezekiel Carrera, uh, probably even Ryan Goins, who are also on the bubble, will probably be safe. I think mean, Goins is, is a potentially interesting one after uh, the the Jays pulled off a trade for Gifting uh with with, uh, with the Pirates recently. So that could be that could be Goins' spot. But Kohler's the main guy, and, and then it'll be interesting to see what the Blue Jays do with that Goins situation.
0: And then far, as far as players that the Blue Jays have not protected by putting them on that 40-man roster, which means they'll be available for other teams to pluck away in that Rule 5 draft coming up at their winter meetings, the Blue Jays may be with more intriguing players than, than most teams. Uh, a bunch of pitchers, and we see a lot of times pitchers go in the Rule 5 draft because other teams can stash them uh, on that Major League roster somewhere in the bullpen. But you've got guys like Jordan Romano, Andrew Case, Angel Perdomo, and then a name that kind of sticks out because of uh, you know when he was drafted and that kind of stuff is Max Pentecost. Now, that name stands out like a guy teams would want to jump on, but shoulder issues for one thing, right, Gregor? And then the fact that he really hasn't played a lot, he'd, he'd be tough to fit him into your roster as a catcher uh, at the major league level for a full season.
1: Yeah, he really would be, and I think that's the reason the Jays left him exposed. Uh, To me, I think that was the the smart way to go, because considering the Jays had a a pretty big roster crunch on their hands in terms of the 40-man roster, I mean, this is a team that hasn't lost anyone in the major league portion of the Rule 5 uh, since 2010, but they haven't really had any serious threats to be taken during those last, you know, seven years or so. It, it, they just really haven't been in the mix. But this year is just a completely different situation with uh, having a large group of prospects who were coming up to their Rule Five eligibility and only so many spots in the 40 that they can protect. And so you had to prioritize some certain things. And uh, you saw a guy like Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire uh, get added to the 40-man roster as a catcher. So the Blue Jays are protected there. Uh, and, and then the rest of it's a gamble. You're gambling that. Uh, you know, another team out there is not going to carry Pentecost on the roster, and the reasons you touched on are exactly why, and another team probably won't do it. I mean, this is a guy who uh, has all the pedigree and all the skill sets required to become uh, a major league uh, catcher with, with with plus bat uh, at the plate as well. I mean, he's really an enticing prospect, but uh, since that draft, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Countless number of injuries over the years. Uh, there's more shoulder problems in the Arizona Fall League. This is still a guy who has not caught in back-to-back games. Uh, since coming back from injury, uh, they've really brought him along slowly. And it's just hard to envision uh, a guy who's never – caught above double-A, never caught in back-to-back games as a minor leaguer, uh, being able to to make the jump straight to the major leagues, uh, that, would, that would be pretty far-fetched to me. So, while he was the biggest name, uh, I don't think he's at much of a risk to go, and I think instead the Blue Jays uh, could be at risk of, of lose, losing some promising arms. A guy like Jordan Romano or, or Andrew Case, uh, I think if the Jays lose someone in the Rule 5, it'll be from the pitching side and not not the bigger name like Pentecost.
0: Yeah, if anyone was going to take Pentecost, I would think it would be they let him play in spring Training, and then there's always the possibility of sending him back to the Blue Jays. Maybe if he showed something, they'd keep him, otherwise, they'd send it back. But I think in the long run, he stays uh, in the Toronto organization. Um, The Blue Jays are currently starting up an internal investigation, Gregor, because of um, really a a rash of minor league suspensions due to PED usage. Uh, They had six minor leaguers in a week span last week suspended, 13 in the last two years. And what stands out for me to that is They only had 18 from 2005 to 2015. So just a case of the Blue Jays wanting to kind of get to the bottom of this and make sure there isn't something going on bigger than than just these guys randomly testing positive?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you see the, the sheer number of guys, you know, six in such a short period of time compared to the numbers like you touched on before, Uh, I mean, this really, before a couple years ago, this wasn't really uh, a known problem within the the Blue Jays organization. They really had been able to avoid a lot of the issues on that. But when you see the number of guys in a short period of time happening now, uh, I mean, it's a smart move by the organization because the organization wants to protect itself and and clearly something's going on, Uh, you know, whether it could just be guys talking to each other. uh, It could be as simple as that, but you kind of have to uh, take a look at the institution as a whole and see if there's a deficiency somewhere along the way uh, that needs to be cleaned up. And, you know, I think that's going to be something that's going to take some time. Uh, The Blue Jays are going to look at that this offseason, and that work's probably going to continue even straight through uh, into spring training and early next season as well before they can get a full read on exactly why this is an issue. But, Uh, You know, certainly whenever you lose that number of guys uh, to your minor league system, that's a big cause for concern, and and you certainly don't want that number to keep increasing. So uh, it's something that they do need to spend a lot of time looking at.
0: One last thing to touch on with you, Gregor, and that is we knew at some point in the 2018 season the Blue Jays would be honoring uh, Roy Halladay in some way, and they have now announced that it will be opening day, March 29th. It will be a pregame ceremony. What exactly can fans expect to see uh, before the opener?
1: Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. They're they're going to announce some further details in in the coming months, but uh, you know I think the expectation all along uh, was that the Blue Jays should and, and would do something. Uh, on the first day of, of the regular season. And certainly there's lots of speculation in this city about uh, exactly the timing of, of events as to what they're going to do. I think it's only a matter of time before Roy Halliday's number is retired. Uh, with the Blue Jays, whether that happens on opening day. We'll we'll have to see. That's going to have to be something that's done in conjunction with his family. But, uh, you know, really opening day is going to be a perfect opportunity for the Blue Jays to to have an on-field ceremony, obviously a video tribute in in there as well. Uh, And hopefully they'll bring back some some of his former teammates and coaches as well and turn it – uh, more into kind of a, an overall Blue Jays family experience as well because you know, everybody saw how much Roy Halliday meant to the city of Philadelphia. Everybody knows what he means to the city of Toronto and, and really all of Canada. And that will be Canada's opportunity to kind of pay tribute because you know, this is a guy that they were expecting to, to welcome uh, into the Hall of Fame and honor him in that regard uh, on field at Rogers Centre. The Jays fans never really got a, a chance to say a proper goodbye uh, following that tragic death uh, you know, earlier this month. Uh, but it's going to be a good opportunity for the Jays to, to kind of honor that memory and, and kind of celebrate his life. And, and whether that's the, the Jersey retirement rate right off the bat, I don't know, uh, but, but that's going to happen. I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point that his name will be on that level of excellence and that his number will be up there as
0: well. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Gregor. This has been MOB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.